Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I am not 100% sure when I decided to implement this in the Time Alone podcast, but at some point I wanted to create an anonymous place for folks to write into the podcast, whether that was with feedback or questions or responses to a specific theme or a prompt that I usually post on Instagram. Now, recently I've noticed an increase in the number of requests coming through for kind of just general advice, and I didn't really have a place to respond to those questions, which is why I wanted to create this new segment. And I will say before getting into it, that anytime I respond to questions of this nature, it's not to imply that I am an authority in your life and that you should follow what I say by any means. It's just to perhaps share a different perspective from my experience with the understanding that I'm just one focal point. And I think one of the benefits of being able to exchange information and get different perspectives is maybe we think about things in a way that we haven't before, but it's certainly not to imply that I, you know, know everything and I know what's best for you. So I feel like that would go without saying, but I always just like to say it anyways because I really don't want to frame myself as an expert or an authority in your life or anything like that. Now, these questions range from kind of general questions about different life transitions, things about university, things about relationships, friendships, sort of a broad spectrum of different themes. So in no particular order, I'm just going to start to read out the questions. Okay, let's start off with one about relationships. This one says, I've been single for 21 years and I want a relationship and I'm on the apps. Why is it so hard to get into a relationship? Do I have to put myself out there more? I've had previous situationships, but I feel like every guy never wanted to date me. Okay, I feel like I'm the perfect person to answer this just from my perspective because this was my exact scenario actually when I was 21 and I was doing the math the other day, I started dating Jamie, my current partner, when I was 23. And so up until that point, I was in a similar situation to what you're kind of describing, which is that I was dating and putting myself out there and wanted a relationship and you know, also compared myself to a lot of my peers who at that age had been in numerous relationships and kind of feeling a little bit behind because it's not like I didn't necessarily want that for myself. It's just that I wasn't really finding it. And I started to notice my self-esteem drop as a result of that because, you know, I would look at my peers and kind of just ask like, what's like what is missing from me and sort of internalizing why I wasn't finding that and why I wasn't, you know, in a relationship at my age. Now, I find it interesting the way this question is asked, you know, specifically in the last 
sentence. I've had previous situationships, but I feel like every guy never wanted to date me. Now, this may not be the case with you, but it certainly was with me when I was, you know, feeling a little bit discouraged from a dating perspective is that I felt like I was just waiting for somebody to like me and pick me and, you know, then I would be on board with it. And I was outsourcing a lot of my self-worth essentially to people that I was dating and not really asking myself like, do I want to be in a relationship with this person? Is this what I want? And kind of getting in touch with you know, what I wanted out of a relationship and building my self-image independent of being in a relationship as, you know, desirable, a good partner, a good person to be around, good company, and just like different qualities that I was looking for in a relationship, being able to cultivate those within myself and not necessarily wait for someone to essentially select me and decide that they want to date me in order for me to see myself as dateable, if that makes sense. I think, you know, there's no perfect answer to the question of like, why am I not meeting anyone? You know, there are so many potential reasons why you're not clicking with someone or connecting with someone that I don't necessarily have an answer for. And I know I didn't have an answer for myself when, you know, I was in that position, but I just think, and this is probably like, the most cliche thing to say, but I just think the most important thing for me when I was in that period was just to, number one, reframe just my own perspective and opinion of myself and to actually begin to get in touch with what I wanted and feeling worthy of seeking that out and not feeling like I had to settle just because someone wanted to be with me. The other last little comment that I would make about this question, I noticed the language, why is it so hard to get into a relationship? I always like to look at things from maybe a more reflective angle and just kind of question the beliefs that I have and the narratives that I have and observe how that influences how I approach certain areas of life. And I think when I preemptively say that something is hard, then that is my experience. And don't get me wrong, I certainly understand that it it was for me when I was in that period very emotionally taxing to date in the way that I was doing it. But what would it feel like to be like, okay, this is something that I want to do anyways. I want to meet someone. I want to be in a relationship. What if I could reframe the whole experience of dating as a whole so that it doesn't feel like something that is hard and that is, you know, dreadful and unenjoyable, but that can be playful and fun and getting to meet new people and getting to experiment and see what I like and, you know, have fun in the process. But I think if I go into things with the mentality that it's hard, it sucks, it just does. And that's what I experience or those are the things that I really hone in on about those experiences. Okay, here's another dating question, actually. It says, how do you overcome the fear of being in relationships when you haven't had any romantic experiences? So, Looking back, I feel like I had a lot of fear and anxiety and 
general like self-consciousness around dating and putting myself out there and being in a relationship and being vulnerable and if I were to reflect on how I overcame that I don't necessarily think there was like a fix-all solution but I think practice honestly helps with that and I kind of approach a lot of different areas of my life in this way where if I'm really scared of something for me the best way I guess let me rephrase if I'm really scared of something but I want to do it anyways the best way for me to overcome those fears or begin to move through them is exposure therapy and that doesn't mean that like it has to be this immediate overwhelming exposure to the thing that you're afraid of but just incremental exposure to the thing that you're afraid of so you know I don't know what the specific situation is but let's say you are just afraid to have conversations with people in a sort of romantic context then even just like maybe going on an app and trying texting before meeting up in person and just finding ways to do it in a way that feels still comfortable but admittedly may still continue to feel a bit scary. Something else I find comforting to know is that so often in the situations that you know we feel afraid so are other people and I actually find it really refreshing to just like name my fear so you know sitting down on a date and just being like hey I feel really nervous I'm sorry like I just got to be honest I've done that before and it's just kind of taken the pressure off immediately and a lot of the time it's opened up a really good conversation because maybe that person shares with me that they're nervous and the reality is is any relationship that I'm entering into I want it to be with the ability to communicate honestly about how I'm feeling and I don't want to have to put up a front and so starting off on the foot of like hey I feel nervous right now and you know sorry if I'm a little flustered at first I just feel a little bit anxious and just seeing how that person responds and if they're you know standoffish and weird about it then maybe that may not be the greatest fit but I do think that there is comfort in being able to just voice those fears so yeah I've definitely approached things in that way before as well okay shifting gears for a minute someone said Siobhan I remembered a few months ago Jamie talked about his education pathway and what he did differently and I recently heard him mention the topic again on your most recent YouTube video. I'm wondering if he can elaborate even just briefly about what he did differently and how he did it. I'm feeling a little stuck and I'm thinking maybe university isn't the best pathway for me so I'd love to hear someone else's experience. Okay so obviously this is a question for Jamie but I've actually received this question a number of times so I think it would be useful to share from my perspective his journey and then he can fill in any gaps perhaps in a future video. Okay so schooling works a little bit differently in England and I still don't fully understand it so I hope I don't mess anything up but essentially around what in Canada or in the US would be like grade 12, Jamie decided that he didn't want to pursue university and that he wanted to specifically pursue outdoor education and to my understanding in England there is a much better 
apprenticeship or internship kind of program where people can go and get professional experience right out of high school. And so that's what Jamie decided to do. He thought, you know, for what he wanted to do with his life, outdoor education, he didn't necessarily think that he needed to go to university. And so he ended up doing an apprenticeship. Now, he did that apprenticeship. It was like an outdoor education facility, I guess. And after that, he then moved to Canada, became a ski instructor, pursued that for a little while. And then it was actually at that point that, you know, he was seeing me work online and have all this flexibility. And he thought maybe he would like to pursue some sort of career in an online space. Now, very similar to me when I started, you know, actually my own kind of self-employment journey. Jamie, when he was just kind of testing the waters of what he wanted to do next with his career, tried out a few different things. He tried video editing, he tried cryptocurrency, and what he ended up taking a huge interest in was web development and coding and you know he grew up playing a lot of video games and was really passionate about that and so it kind of makes sense that he has that type of brain where he likes to solve problems and he honestly just really liked it I think he took a few free courses I believe it was through Harvard but it was completely free just as an introduction and then he also was doing some free courses or maybe they're like $10 or something on Udemy. I believe he did this for about six months or maybe eight months and during this time he was still working as a ski instructor and doing manual labor throughout the summer and so he wasn't full-time studying web development but just kind of casually on the side and he really started to decide that he wanted to do this as a career that he wanted to pursue it. Now I think traditionally one would think that, you know, you need to go to university in order to pursue a degree in that kind of field, but I think luckily Jamie has a really close friend, actually two close friends, who are coders, are web developers, are very successful, and were completely self-taught. During this time that he was trying to decide how he would, you know, get into that career, I also had a conversation with a friend's brother who had just gone through sort of a coding boot camp and just gotten a job in web development. So I shared that with Jamie. He was super interested because I do think that he thrives a little bit more with more structure. So for the friend that was completely self-taught in coding that ended up finding a job, like Jamie felt like he wanted a little bit more structure. And so the name of the program or the boot camp, let me just try to remember. Okay, so it was called Lighthouse Labs. And I don't remember exactly, but it may have been like a two to three month intensive boot camp. So it was basically nine to five, Monday to Friday. And he was studying during that time and receiving lectures and doing projects and assignments. Now, part of that program is that they help you to find a job. And so Jamie actually didn't immediately start going into the job hunt. We had a lot going on during that time, I believe. So I think he took like a month or two off before he really started to look for a job. And once he did start to look for a job, he was also 
like he wanted to keep practicing so he was streaming on Twitch and creating some TikTok videos about coding etc and it was actually through that that his now employer found him and ended up getting hired through that so now he's fully employed he is a software developer he works for a really cool company and he has a really flexible job and it's really cool because the video that this person is probably referring to is one where Jamie said like he kind of just wrote opportunities like that kind of out of his realm of possibility because he didn't go to university. I do think just anecdotally based on what I'm seeing from friends, from Jamie, from people in my community, it's definitely becoming more possible to access different types of jobs without necessarily needing that degree. Not saying it's not useful, but in the case of web development, it was really cool because the boot camp that Jamie took, it was just really condensed and really focused. So you weren't getting like a bunch of extra kind of courses. It was pretty much just what you need to know to get started in the field. And he did have that kind of background of self-study before coming into it, which he said really helped him. But I guess like the takeaway is that I don't think university is for everyone. It's not for every learning style. It's not for every path. And, you know, I went and I certainly don't regret it, but I'm doing something completely different now. And yeah, I think it's cool to see new opportunities that are being made available to people who have different learning styles and people who want to take a slightly different path and who maybe are at a different point in life or whatever it may be. Okay, we have another sort of career-related question. This person said, I went to school for graphic design and graduated back in 2020. I've since had two graphic design jobs, the first one I hated and the second one I loved. I hate the uncertainty and how competitive this field is, but when I am in the right environment, I love my job so much. I just got married this year and I'm currently working as a barista. I feel as though I'm not pulling my weight financially. Could you give some advice on changing careers and working for yourself? Okay, so this question has a few different components to it, but we're going to just focus on the assumption that I'm making from this question, which is that you'd like to get back into the graphic design field in some way, perhaps without experiencing or coming into contact at the level of intensity that you have, that type of environment that you really hated in that first job which first of all let me just say like that is totally valid and I feel like we don't talk about this enough which is that to be in an environment from a job perspective that is awful for you to not want to go back to that is totally valid I feel like sometimes the mentality is like just suck it up and go back and figure it out and adapt. I don't really subscribe to that, especially since you've experienced a work environment that you really liked in that field. It's possible and you've seen that it's possible and it's important to feel worthy, I think, of being in an environment that you really enjoy and that brings you joy and creativity and the energy that you need to do your job well. The perspective that I'm going to share is from my past experience with what I would describe as something sort of similar to what you're describing, which is 
having worked in really corporate environments and deciding to take a step back from that and switching it up and then realizing that I wanted to make a little bit more money and so maybe exploring the possibility of integrating that type of work into my life again but also being a little bit nervous because that environment can be tricky for me because you know, I had a really bad experience with burnout and with anxiety and my mental health. So I'm already going into it with that slight apprehension and worry that things will start to head in that direction again. Okay, so a couple of things that were helpful for me when I was in this situation are number one, understanding my boundaries and getting clear on my boundaries and understanding the aspects of an environment that I'm not looking to expose myself to in a big way anymore so what are the specific things in a work environment that I'm not looking for and again that's a completely valid thing like being selective and feeling like we have a say in the choices that we make about where we invest so much of our time and energy i.e our jobs so similar to this person I left the field that I studied I went and worked a completely different job for a little bit and then I realized that you know I was running out of money and I wanted to make a bit more money and in my case the field that I was in prior to having left was lucrative so I was working in kind of marketing and corporate environments and I knew that it was possible for me to achieve a little bit more stability than what I had at that time so I was like okay maybe I want to re-enter this environment in some way. What was really helpful for me actually was to understand that I don't need to go 100% into anything. So I actually just became a freelancer. I specifically put myself on Upwork and I also had a former employer who I reached out to and saw if they needed anything, but I kind of put everything on my terms because it was the first time that I really had the ability to do that being sort of a freelancer of saying these are the hours that I'm available this is how much work I'm available to do these are the type of tasks that I'm available for and having a little bit better boundaries around that and not necessarily needing to dive back into something full-time from the beginning I think was a really great first step for me. Okay, we have another question. It says, I have all these things I want to do and all these things I think I should be doing. How do I start listening and acting on the part of me that desires something other than what is expected of me? And then in brackets, it says, by myself and others. First of all, for whatever reason, I felt compelled to share that the first sentence of this question that says, I have all these things I want to do and all these things I think I should be doing. The image that's coming to mind is like someone having a lot piled onto them. So maybe someone carrying like a really big, heavy stack of books and they want to read every single one and they want to get to every single one, but it's heavy and it's a lot to try to take in at one time. That's just like for whatever reason the image that's coming up when I read this question and it also reminds me of a time where I recognized that I wasn't feeling super happy with certain aspects of my life so I started to write like lists 
of a hundred different things that I wanted to change about my life. And as you can probably imagine, I never did any of them. So what works best for me in this case to kind of relieve some of that weight. So even if we think back to the book example, like you have this huge stack of books and you want to read all of them. You're going to be able to read all of them eventually maybe, but why don't you just start to take some of them off and just read one and see how that feels. And then the benefit for me of actually like taking things off my to-do list, taking things off of what I should be improving myself or improving about myself, excuse me, like shortening those lists, maybe even down to one or two things. The benefit for me is that once I actually complete one thing, rather than having this constant narrative that I'm not good enough and that I can never get anything done, I start to flip that narrative because I've just completed something. I've just done something that I wanted to do. I've just gone on a walk today. I just did something simple and it kind of shifts the narrative to where I see myself as capable and confident. And then I have another thing, one little thing that I want to do one at a time. I do that thing and it feels really good. So I literally just think of this as read one book at a time and then you'll finish that book and you'll get to read the next one. But if you have this huge stack in front of you and you want to read all of them at once, you won't be able to do any one of those things. You won't be able to actually turn the page and read one of the books. So I think it's super helpful. Like I feel like being exposed to the world of self-help and self-improvement, one of the downsides for me was that I felt like I had to do all of these things right. I had to be adding a billion things to my morning routine. I had to improve X, Y, Z about myself. Just literally having one thing on my list that I wanted to do for myself and giving myself permission to just focus on that one thing for as long as it took, that really changed things for me. And then for the second part of this question, which is a little bit more nuanced, it says, how do I start listening and acting on the part of me that desires something other than what is expected of me? I honestly feel though, like I'm not the best person to answer this part of the question because I sort of feel defiant by nature in that if something is expected of me that goes against what, you know, maybe I desire for my own life. I have no feeling of pressure to align myself to that expectation. Like for instance, if it was expected of myself and my partner that we were to get married on a specific timeline and have a specific type of wedding, like I would almost wait longer to have the wedding. Like just because I don't know it's something that I've always kind of experienced but there certainly have been times in my life that I've been more I felt more pressure and I felt like I needed to like meet the expectations of others more and it's been a long time since I've been in that mindset but I honestly think the way that I sort of outgrew that tendency it's kind of similar to what I said about you know being fearful of putting myself out there romantically is just starting really small to expose myself to that thing that I'm afraid of so if I'm afraid to let people down 
if I'm afraid to go against someone's expectation of me, like starting really small and seeing that like, hey, I'm still here, I'm still safe and building up that feeling of safety, even in the instances where I'm doing something maybe that is aligned to what I desire for myself, but that may let someone down. I do think letting people down is inevitable and if we're able to find ways to navigate that discomfort, especially when letting someone down means that we're choosing ourselves, I think it is important to be able to, from time to time, let people down and not do what's expected of us. And it's going to feel really, really uncomfortable and it's maybe even going to feel like anxiety provoking and so only doing it in such a way that you feel safe, I think that was important to me. Starting really, really small, I, again, like I sound like a broken record here, but I use this principle of exposure therapy and very gradual exposure therapy in so many different ways, and this is just one of them. So if I let someone down, if I don't fulfill someone's expectation, but in doing so I choose myself in a specific instance, it doesn't mean I feel comfortable doing that. I may feel on edge, anxious, whatever it may be, but finding ways to regulate my nervous system so that I'm not like fawning, like going back and having to appease that person, for example, that has just generally been a very helpful skill for me, not just in this scenario, but in many scenarios. With that said, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. I apologize if I didn't get to your question, but if you guys liked this episode, then I will bring this segment back and maybe make it a little bit more regular. And if you had any, you know, responses to anything I shared, any follow-up questions, or maybe another question that sprouted as a result of this episode and listening to it then feel free to leave your question in the anonymous link that will be in the show notes of every single episode so thank you so much for listening i'd love to hear your thoughts and i'll see you next week spring is that you warmer temps mean new albert styles meet the new Superlight collection the lightest ever shoes from albert's now in fresh colors these must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.